It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate, and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 10.30 this morning ahead of fighting Illini basketball, the Illini game day at 10.30, Illinois and Wisconsin from the State Farm Center at 12.30 this afternoon. Mr. Tate, how are you? Say it again. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know about the, whether this is working right or not, but I'm fine. It, it is now. That was operator <laughs> error. I had my mic on, but not yours. That happens from time to time. A lot going on uh, with the news of Sky Clark leaving the program. You know, there's so much about this game today that we won't know until 1230 when we see him on the court because, uh, as you might remember, uh, Wall, uh, the, the I guess you'd call him uh, Wisconsin's best player had a sprained ankle in the uh, Minnesota game and did not practice on Thursday. We do not know his availability as of today. And then, of course, Illinois has uh, w- will not have uh, Sky Clark for for his reasons. And uh, we now hear that uh, uh, Matthew Meyer may be out because of uh, injuring his foot in practice. So things aren't looking good, are they? We'll talk about that as we move along. Uh- Tyler Wall is uh, Wisconsin's leading scorer at 13.2 points a ball game. We'll uh, talk basketball a lot on the show today. Trent Meacham, Matt LePay, and Brad Sturdy are our scheduled guests between now and 10.30. Plenty of time for an open line as well. Trent Meacham is on the line with us in Chicago where he's getting set for a long day at uh, BTN. Good morning, Trent. How are you? Hey, good morning, Steve and Lauren. It's good to be good to be on with you guys. It's been a while. It has. Uh, Wisconsin comes in 3-0, and Illinois 0-3 in the Big Ten. Uh, Illinois in desperate need for a win, trying to fight uh, fight off uh, a, a Big Ten losing streak and trying to get back on track. There's just a lot of uh, elements involved in fighting Illinois basketball these days, right? There sure is, and I'm glad I joined the show because I'm learning new intel as we speak as I was waiting to come on with. I, I didn't know Matt Meyer is, is possibly out. I, I hadn't heard that, and... You know, um, things are changing so quickly in college athletics, and, and here we are midseason, and things are changing. So it's going to be interesting. A lot of potential still, but um, a long season left. But uh, you know, there's a number of things that need to be righted um, as we currently speak. I think you could relate to uh, the growing anxiety issue that uh, athletes are dealing with now, probably a lot different than when you played, but I'm sure the those elements were around then, but uh, have you thought much about that and and what role social media might be playing in that? Yes, I, there's always been a lot of pressure on, on in athletics, I think, and as the money's increased, the pressure's increased, right? And that's happened over the decades. It's kind of been a, a gradual, and not gradual. It's been a you know exponentially. It, it seems to just ramp up. Um, generation by generation, that filters down to grassroots basketball. So college is right that stepping stone before the, the professional leagues. And, you know, now I guess they'd be considered professionals in many ways. So 
that adds to it. I, I think you cannot underestimate social media. It's, it's a 24-7, 365 thing. And these young men and women that are in college now, I mean, very different for me where it was just kind of came about when I was 20 years old or so. Now they grew up with it. That's kind of been their life in, in, uh, in many ways. And you, you throw in some of the, the lockdowns and all the um, decisions made with, with COVID over the past couple of years and isolation. And it's, it's not a good recipe for, I think, healthy individuals. And that's across the spectrum of our society. But then when you, you factor in college athletes at such a young age, impressionable age, with a, a spotlight on them, with you know nil and let's build your brand and let's get your name out there your face out there and and then some you know uh, you know disgruntled and, and 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 just hateful fans if you will um chiming in too and there's a lot to deal with and and you know it's 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 sad it's unfortunate you know i, I was talking with my wife about this and it seems like at one point athletics was the escape for, for players of different generations. And, you know, life is hard, right? But athletics, you step on a basketball court or football field, that's where you can kind of get away from the, the troubles and, and, and go and just release some of the energy and, and aggressiveness. And, and now um, sometimes I think it's, it's adding to that, that negative fuel. So there's so many different dynamics. And, and uh, you know, from the outside, I, I, I could never speak on someone's individual situation. I just don't know what's going on internally in their mind or externally in their world. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, hopefully there will be, you know, uh, conversations and things that are done to, to help everyone, but especially these young people in, this, in their situations. Well, in this uh, the Sky Clark situation, you know, it, it began with him uh, maybe not playing quite as well uh, offensively. He had a couple of really bad games. I noticed the last couple of games he's one for ten shooting, and and uh, you know defensively he got exposed maybe by Missouri a little bit. And uh, so one thing leads to another. But now it turns out that it isn't. It, it's more of it's more of a Patrick McCaffrey situation. It sounds like. Uh, you know, of anxiety and and just needing to get away for a, for a time, and maybe he uh, he'll want to come back at some point when he gets you know when he gets feeling better about the whole thing. And but it does sound like this is more of a of a mental thing right now than it is a than it is anything than it is a physical at least as far as he's concerned. What what are you hearing on Sky Clark? I, I have no inside information, and and you know my limited interactions with him. Um, he always struck me as a mature um, young man. Um, and, you know, obviously he wasn't having a, a great season. You know, he's coming off an ACL injury, five-star prospect, and, and has, has had his struggles. Um, I, I've kind of seen some moments where I thought, okay, he's – I don't know if he's a year away from a, from a breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, the team's having some struggles. You know, there's optics there that don't look great. Um, but it's always a mental game, Lauren. Um for, for anybody, whether it's it's someone who's who's dealing with some serious stuff and anxiety or even worse, um, or someone that's just trying to compete at you know everyone we're trying to compete at our highest level and it's so much of it is mental. Whether it's you know it's it's common to talk about it at the free throw line and that's a a different deal from dealing with other adversity and challenges and you know we just see these players on the court. 
mm-hmm. and they have a whole other life, you know, um, that they're, there's different things that they're dealing with. And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know Patrick McCaffrey's situation. I don't know Sky Clark's situation, but there's so many um, factors and influences that go into how someone's performing on a court. So it's easy to kind of, um, you know, cast a quick judgment or, um, you know, it's easy, easy to kind of look into things and assume things, but I, I just, I don't know. And, and, um, you hope that I do know there's, there's a lot of things in place that I know the U of I has that were not there when I was there. And I don't know if they were needed as much. I'm sure they were needed to a degree. Yeah. Um, and, and you just hope, you know, you, you talk about mental toughness and, and, um, that's essential to be at your very best, but there's also kind of a baseline I think you have to be at to, just be able to to do your job and and it, for some of these you know players it seems like they're not there yet so you hope they're able to um you know be back on the court and not as much to help their team win just because it's proof that hey they're at a, a much better place mentally and their overall well-being that they can they can do what you know I think what they love to do well if you look at this conference 14 teams as a whole it looks to me, it looks to me like the whole thing is bipolar <laughs> i mean i don't think you you know who's i mean is rutgers going to win this thing I mean, we got a great game today between michigan and michigan state i don't know how you'd pick it i mean well, Lord, these games are just so unpredictable you put it in a great way it's bipolar <laughs> um yeah I, I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine, is as good as Steve's um, looking at these games. Um, you know, I think, you know, in the Big Ten Network, we have Nebraska, Minnesota. I think Minnesota's clearly at the bottom. Now, they, they had they had Wisconsin on the road, right, where they wanted them earlier yeah. this week. So, who knows? I, I, I like, you know, right now, I, I think Purdue, Rutgers, Ohio State, um, I like those teams at the top. Um, I also really like Michigan State. Uh, if they have a full roster, but uh, you, you see different teams that are emerging. I think Michigan's emerging; their backcourt's playing better, and that's that really helps Hunter Dickinson and Jet Howard. I mentioned Michigan State; I thought they looked fantastic. I thought they looked kind of like shades of '05 Illini um, earlier this week, just how they moved the ball and they didn't shoot it great, but just their level of skill and and the number of uh, playmakers they have on their team. Uh, so this this league is wide open, and even though Illinois is 0-3, there's there's going to be opportunity because Purdue's going to lose more games, Rutgers is going to lose more games. Uh, but the teams that have, I, I think, that are kind of emerging, um, it's they know who they are, they know their strengths, they play to their strengths, and Wisconsin's the perfect example. Um, it's like the antithesis of Illinois. You know, I, I think from a town perspective, they're not. Um, you wouldn't line up those two teams and pick Wisconsin uh, just from a town standpoint but uh it's very clear their roles and how they play and and who needs who needs to have the ball and their discipline on defense in illinois with so many new faces uh they're still figuring that out so i think the teams that have figured that out earlier are are playing better now and and you know rutgers is a very clear identity they're rugged they're tough they they really defend and get after you um and if they can put put it together in the offensive end they're 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 a great team so um, the teams that have figured those roles out um, are clearly in front now, and, and it's just the question for Illinois is can they, can they get that figured out? Can they get their chemistry right? Um, but that's easier said than done. From a player's standpoint, how do you do How do you do that? How do you go about that when you talked about all the newcomers to begin with? That was an issue, and now uh, one and maybe two of those newcomers won't be there. How do you rally around the flag, so to speak? 
Well, I think with adversity, you know, you either go one or two ways, and they've had some adversity in the past, you know, few weeks. I'd say, especially since that Penn State game, and it and it hasn't trended in the right direction. Um, now they're hit with some more losing on the road to Northwestern. You know, clearly the coaching staff is is you know frustrated to say the least, and Sky Clark's you know at least out for a while. I'm not sure you know what that that is, but he's he's away. So now can can there be, can they come together now? And I think it's got to be the players. Um, you can only take so much of the coach yelling at you. You know, he's not out there playing and he's, he's trying to do his best, but the players have to somehow come together and communicate with the purpose and uh, show some leadership. You know, they kind of scrapped their entire uh, schemes that they entered the season in with, with the switching on defense and the positionless passing on offense and, uh, I, I think the schemes are, are secondary to the effort, but but I think what they're really missing is is kind of the, that cohesiveness and chemistry. And you know, you have some veteran guys. You'd hope someone like that would step up um, and really. Or, when I think of just organizing a team, you can see how lost they appear at times offensively. Who, who's going to organize them and get them set so they can position themselves to have success on that end of the floor? Because I, I think they'll be good defensively if they just play hard because they have the pieces. But offensively, they have to have um, that organization and, and clearly, you know, they're leading the league in, in turnovers. Uh, they don't have that right now. Well, Trent, we know that you're going to be really busy today, and and uh, maybe down the road we can find you on a Saturday where we got more time. We can and we'll know more <laughs> in the future. We'll know more after we see more games. But thank you very much for coming on with us, and and uh, congratulations to you for your work with the Big Ten Network. It's great to see you up there, and and we know we got a friendly face up there <laughs> that we, we can get good information from. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Always great to come on. Let's do it again soon. And you guys have a great day. Thank you, Trent. Yeah, thanks, Trent. We appreciate it. Trent Meacham in Chicago working for BTN today at 914. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll learn more about the Wisconsin Badgers coming up at 930, between 930 and 10, an open line. If you'd like to uh, weigh in on uh, the news of the day, we'll update you on today's schedule and everything else going on. Stay with us. Back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, PellaofChampaign.com. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We're on the road tomorrow night. Listen in on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We have the Illini women's basketball team on the road in Columbus tomorrow against number three and undefeated Ohio State. And Shauna will be our guest at the Esquire on Monday. On Monday Night Sports Talk, hour number two at five o'clock. The Esquire in downtown Champaign. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, Illinois, Wisconsin. Today from the State Farm Center at 12.30. Good morning to our friend Matt LaPay, the voice of the Badgers. Matt, how you doing this morning? Good, Steve. How we doing? We're hanging in there, getting set for 
a basketball game. Uh, Wisconsin 3-0, and Illinois 0-3. I'm not sure we would have expected Illinois 0-3 at this point, but uh, Wisconsin seems to be doing what they do about every year. Yeah, which is uh, usually it means playing above projections, right? I think they're yeah. like ninth in the Big Ten. And look, there's still 17 conference games remaining. So I think we, we've all been around this long enough to know that uh, a lot of goofy things can and likely will happen. But yeah, they've they've done it differently this year, Steve, because without you know Johnny Davis, the Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, the, the scoring is much more balanced. It could be somebody different on a given day or a given night who rises up and uh, and scores a lot of points for you. But the defense has been good. They shoot the three much better than they did last year. So it's been it's been interesting. They they pretty much play everybody close, no matter how good you are or how much you're struggling. They've had a lot of close games, but uh, much like last year, they've won the majority of them again. So at least so far this season. Well, they've won six in a row, right, coming into this ball game. Yes. Yep. They've they've won six in a row. They had a turned into a bit of a dogfight on Tuesday against Minnesota. You know, the Gophers have been have been struggling as they you know try to get that program built back up under under Ben Johnson. But they, to their credit, they came in they came into Madison. You know, Wisconsin's up fifteen in the second half, but the Gophers did a great job of hitting the glass and uh, had a chance at the end of regulation to maybe try to tie the game. But Chucky Hepburn got a steal in the closing seconds, so. They've, uh, yeah, they they have taken advantage of uh, some opportunities here, and and again, they they've made just enough plays. They've had eight games that have been decided by five points or less. They've won six of them. Yeah, so I see. One yeah, of, one of those was the overtime with uh, with Kansas too, sixty nine, sixty eight. that I, I guess the uh, Kansas scored with less than a second to go huh, to win the game. Yeah, I got a put back. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a fluky play, but it worked for it worked for the Jayhawks and. Uh, so, yeah, they've had three overtime games already. They've won two of them. So they're, they're just – I think they've learned they've been in so many close games that they're as used to it as yep. you can be. They, they, don't, they don't rush a whole lot. They just, they just seem like they have a pretty good idea of who they are. And um, for sure, you get an element of luck involved in close games. But I think when you've won as many as Wisconsin has, it's more than just luck. They do have a belief that they'll be able to make the plays that they need to make. Uh, I think Tyler Wall was injured in the Minnesota game. Did, wasn't he out for quite a while? And, and what's his status for today? Yeah, status TBD for today. But yeah, he uh, he got hurt early in the in the Minnesota game. He missed you know probably seventy five eighty percent of that game. He just came down wrong and kind of rolled rolled the ankle. So uh, they they kept him out the rest of that game. So uh, we're kind of a wait and see mode here as we approach approach tip off time. I know on, on Tuesday night, Carter Gilmore played a lot of minutes, the most he's ever played in a game. And then uh, a sophomore from Estonia, uh, Marcus Silver, stepped up, and he played 10, 11 minutes. So uh, depending on Wall's availability, um, you, you could see a little bit more Gilmore and a little bit more of, of Ilver uh, here today. Again, uh, TBD with Tyler. Well, you know, I, I like the way uh, Wall and Crow work together. I mean, they're – Neither one, I don't think, is a, what you'd call a great player, but, boy, they sure take advantage of their ability. They give you the size. They rebound well. They're both averaging over six rebounds a game, and they're both scoring about 13 or 12 a game. That, those two guys, don't. it just looks to me like they, they've worked together for several years, and they're, they're still doing it. Yeah, they, they are. In the case of Tyler, he's, uh, you could argue as, as an all-around player, he might be the best they have. The one thing he doesn't 
do yet is shoot the three consistently well, but he'll score it, he'll rebound it. Uh, he's, you could say he's their best defender uh, because you could switch him pretty much anywhere, uh, and, and he's just a really tenacious player. And Crow is a guy who, when he first came to campus, he was probably between 215 and 220 pounds. Now he's in the mid-240s, and talking to him a couple of weeks ago, he's, he's, still, he's still getting used to playing with a little bit more bulk, and, and you're seeing the dividends of that, what he can do. He's finishing a lot more plays inside, and of late, he's been able to knock down some threes. So as you guys know, you've watched Wisconsin long enough, when the bigs like that can step out and hurt you from the perimeter, that makes him that much more dangerous. And, uh, you know, with Crowell, he's trending in the right direction. Probably hasn't been a long enough stretch to say it's completely there yet, but it's been really encouraging with what he's done, not just inside, but outside as well. All the interviews I've ever done with you, I don't suppose we ever – I ever went very long without saying, how the heck have they done it all these years? <laughs> Bo Ryan did it for 14-plus, and now Greg Gard the same. It just seemed like you're playing the same Wisconsin team every time Illinois plays them. And they, they had won 15 in a row before Illinois won the last four. But still, uh, last year, uh, even though Illinois beat uh, Wisconsin, they tied each other for the Big Ten championship. And I think with their performance in the Big Ten is amazing over the years. It, it just it's, it's just stunning because – they don't have that many great players, but they sure have a lot of good players. Yeah, and players who know who they are, as cliche as that is. But when Dick Bennett was here, that was one of his favorite sayings, know who you are. Yeah, And you know, if you're not a great three-point shooter, don't take uh, eight or nine three-point shots a game. You know, you know, if you're a really good defender, then focus on that. And then try to develop other areas of your game. They're, they're the kind of team that, that for years and years can, uh, can frustrate the opponents because you need to guard, you know, the tempo again is a, it is a much slower pace than in terms of number of possessions a game, but within the possession, when they're clicking, the ball moves, they will make the defense shift. They'll make the defense. They can put the defense in, into some conflict. And, uh, and, and Wisconsin is not a team that, that, focuses on crashing the offensive glass, but if it gets an offensive rebound, then you got to start all over. And then you're, you have to defend them for, in this case, another 20. So uh, they're the kind of team that uh, I heard Robbie Hummel, Hummel talk about it um, and, and one of the shows, I can't remember if it was radio or television, but it's like that tennis player who just you know works along the baseline no matter what you're doing. Yeah, that the other guy across the net is just going to hit it right back to you. You know, they're, they're not a team that beats beats itself. The turnover rate again among the best in the country. Um, you could say they they fundamental you to death, and and that's what they've been doing for for years and years. Other teams might have more flash, but Wisconsin has proven the substance has been pretty effective. Talking to Matt LePay, the voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. When I turn it to football, we've got the. A caller on the line that has a football question. Benny, you're on the air with Matt LePay. Go ahead. Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Um, Mr. LePay, how are you this morning? Doing well, sir. How are you? Just fine. Uh, I have a couple of football questions. Uh, Now, before the bowl game, I was wondering, what was the uh, fan base reaction to the hiring of Luke Fickle? And the other question I wanted to ask is, uh, what made uh, Jim Leonard uh, change his mind about staying on uh, after the the bowl game? Was it like a difference of opinion about how the off Luke Fickle wanted to run the offense? Because I know when a new coach steps in, 
he wants to put his own stamp on things, whether it's the offense or the defense. And I was just wondering uh, what uh, was going on there. Yeah, first question. Uh, I think there was there was definitely a surprise in the fan base uh, at the announcement that Luke Fickle would be the new head coach. And, and I think it's fair to say there was a, a mixed set of emotions. Uh, there was a, there's a lot of excitement with, with Fickle and what he was able to do at Cincinnati, certainly his background, uh, not just as a player, but on uh, the staff at Ohio State, what he was able to do there. Uh, there's a championship pedigree there that uh, that Badger fans find extremely appealing. But at the same time, Jim Leonard is is a legend, and he always will be at Wisconsin. So I think there were, there was uh, a widespread assumption that he would just be named the head coach moving forward. So it's understandable that there was a bit of a mix. But I, but I could tell you that the excitement level for Fickle just continues to build because of what they've already done in recruiting. They've gotten a couple of uh, quarterbacks in the transfer portal. They've, they've added depth there. So. There's a lot for Badger fans to be excited about. As to your second question, um, it wasn't really a, a change of heart. It was just it was a decision to be made with with Jim, and he, there was an opportunity for him to be on, on uh, Luke Fickle's staff. But I, I just think with uh, with the defensive background that maybe Fickle has, with uh, with a couple of other guys, you know, Mike Tressel, who's going to be the defensive coordinator. Um, I think Jim just thought that, you know what, maybe it's just better better to step away. Nothing at all against against Fickle or, or anybody on the staff. And Jim's a pro. He understands it. But I think you just – and it, you could use the term mutual, I guess. Like, you know what, um, maybe it's just best to, to, to move on. So that's what Jim's doing. And, and what he will do or not do still remains to be seen. Doesn't doesn't have to do anything uh, if he doesn't want um, but um, he will always, make no mistake, he will always uh, have legendary status for what he's done at Wisconsin. And as Chris McIntyre said, really, that the status only grew in the seven games that Jim served as the interim coach because, uh, by, by all accounts, he did a very, very good job. Well, Matt, uh, Bielema is looking for the end of the uh, NFL season before uh, completing hiring on his staff, and I just wonder if – Leonard might be doing the same thing. I mean, when this when the uh, NFL concludes, there'll be a lot of changes made around the league, and I would I would just wonder if he doesn't have some contacts that might lead him in that direction. What do you think? Well, I mean, he has a lot of contacts, uh, you know, either collegiately or in the NFL. I, I think he's already. I think it's safe to say he's had no shortage of um, of opportunities or at least inquiries at this point. But as I've told people, Lauren, Jim's cut a little bit differently i think than than many um he's very he's an incredibly devoted family guy you know he's got a wife he's got three young sons and i think a a decision would truly be a family call not to say it isn't in many other cases i just i just have the sense in jim's case it might be more so than most um like i said he doesn't have to do anything he could be a consultant for a year or so I, i you know who knows as I've told people, it's it's a frustrating non-answer. I, I understand it, but whatever he does or doesn't do, you know, nothing really would surprise me very much. Um, I, I just, but I do know that he will have, and already probably has had a number of options because he is such a brilliant defensive mind. The players here love him, uh, and not only his player relations is really good, but 
in terms of X's and O's, I mean, just look at the statistics, what they've done defensively under his watch. It's been among the best in the country. From the outside looking in on that situation, it looks like it was handled by everybody as as well as it could have been in what could have been an uncomfortable situation with a new coach coming in and, uh, and a legend going out. I think everybody did uh, uh, what they needed to do to make it as smoothly as to go as smoothly as possible. Yeah, you're spot on, Steve. And it was uncomfortable. And I think they would all tell you that and they handled it. I mean, I try to put myself in their shoes. I don't, I don't know if I would have handled it that well. I mean, there were, to be sure, there were some feelings that were hurt. There were guys on the staff who are alums, uh, and to, to other than Jim, and that that had to sting. I think something that might have helped in this case, though, Fickle went through this himself at Ohio State. You remember in 2011 when Jim Tressel, uh, when they had the coaching change there, Fickle was the interim head coach at Ohio State in 2011. And then at the end of the regular season, it was uh, known that Urban Meyer was going to take over as the head coach. And, and, you know, Fickle finished the year and ended up being on Meyer's staff for for, a few years there. But that was not, you know, for Fickle, his his own admission, that was not a terribly comfortable situation there. So the fact that he's been through it, I, I, I believe, helped quite a bit. Fickle was around during the bowl practices observing a lot he was you know obviously there at the at the bowl game uh on, on the 27th i mean you know leonard was running a lot of things bobby ingram on the offensive side but fickle was he was there and he was he was involved but the way everybody did handle it is um i would suggest better than most uh they were able to whatever bad feelings that was kept extremely private everything was done the practices how they were conducted the game was done with the utmost level of professionalism. Is Barry Alvarez involved uh, anymore in anything involving uh, athletics at Wisconsin? Or is he just strictly working uh, for the Big Ten uh, on a part-time basis? Is that that the way you see that? Yes, yes. It it is more, it's the latter. I mean, I I think Mm -hmm. Chris McIntosh kind of keeps him you know, uh, updated. Hey, here's just so you know, here's what's here's what's going on. You know, rather than him seeing it on social media or, or whatever. But no, Barry has um, he, he has stepped away, and he you know he's in contact with uh, with Kevin Warren on a, on a regular basis, and, and and helping out there when needed at, at the Big Ten Conference office. But otherwise, uh, I would imagine as we speak, he's on his morning walk in uh, Naples, Florida, <laughs> and, and enjoying life as well he should. What's you? You mentioned Warren. What's he gonna do? You can tell us, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't. You know, I haven't talked to Barry. I, I actually I bumped into him. He was when, when Wisconsin played at Iowa in the middle of November. That was the last time I saw him, and we just had a casual conversation. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. So, sounds like it's not bad being Kevin Warren these days. Though, it sounds like you might have yourself some options. Yeah, he's got he's got some opportunities there. I just wonder what would happen if if Warren leaves. Uh, to become the CEO of the Chicago Bears, that I wonder who would be the next commissioner. I wonder if they'd go yeah. back to Jim Phillips. And I, we all wonder here on in Champaign is, is is would Josh Whitman be a candidate for that? I have absolutely zero clue there. I, I know. I mean, I know Jim Phillips is, is very is very highly regarded uh, in, in Big Ten circles. But uh, yeah, that one. Uh, 
I have not uh, I've not been able to pick the brain of Barry, nor would he probably tell me anyway if I asked. So it's uh, don't know. I guess you have to wait for uh, for the first thing, the first domino here. Um, but everything right now seems to be in a holding pattern with uh, with what the Chicago Bears are going to do. I'll give you a little scoop. Lauren is campaigning for the job yeah, okay. as the next Big oh, Ten yeah. commissioner. He wants <laughs> me to be his campaign manager. I have not signed on for that. <laughs> Hey, Lauren, if, if that happens, could the first mandate would be to require all football programs to release two deeps? Um, you know, rather than us guessing, that's really inside ball there. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. But it's like, I mean, come on. Can we can we all be adults here? Can we listen too deep for crying out loud? No kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm going to impose a draft in the Big Ten where, you know, so Ohio State doesn't get all the best players, you know, draft one at a time. What do you I think like of that? that? I like that. I like that a lot. So, yeah, I'm. <laughs> You've got my you've got my backing on this, Lauren. Good luck, <laughs> Matt Lapay, the voice of the Badgers. Appreciate your time. We'll see you over at the arena. All right, guys. Great talking to you. Take Thank care. you. You bet, Matt Lapay. With us at nine thirty four, we'll take a break and be back with more. The phone line is open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven, and we'll be back with more. Stay with us right here. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you later today at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off. Right here on DWS. Two hours before tip-off is 10.30. And up until 10.30, it's Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. With an open line, 217-356-9397. We've already talked to uh, Trent Meacham and Matt LaPay. We had the Sky Clark news that he is stepping away from basketball for a little bit. We also had uh, some uh, rumors, at least, that uh, there might be an injury involved on the uh, Fighting Illini in uh, Matthew Meyer. I've been told just in the last uh, minute or so that uh, Meyer is at the State Farm Center and was working out with the team this morning. And they're, I, uh, most teams call it a shoot-around for Illinois. It's more of a practice yeah, well, before I, the game. Maybe on a day like this when you're playing so soon, yeah. uh, so early, maybe it is just a, a shoot-around. But they have had more extensive workouts on days of game than, than I'd ever heard of. So I'm told he uh, looked fine, and uh, we'll see how it goes. This is one of those situations when we get over there, we'll, we'll see who comes out the final time and, yeah. and uh, see what the situation is. We'll, we'll, but we know Sky Clark will not be there. That's a, that's all we know now. You're really? right, and and we don't know about Tyler Wall for for Wisconsin whether or not he will play. But that's a game time decision, and we know he didn't practice Thursday. We know he got hurt and missed most of the Minnesota game. So we, we know that you know it's going to be a, a either or, and we'll find out when we get there. You know, Illinois is a six and a half point favorite in this game. That doesn't make sense to me. Wisconsin three and zero, Illinois zero and three. In the Big Ten, I get the home court advantage and all that, but uh, anyway, there's so much turmoil involving Illinois in recent days, one right. way or the other. That you would be, I would be very skeptical to make him a favorite in this game. Although, uh, if if Wisconsin's got a problem with Wall, he is their best player. He yep. is their best rebounder. I mean, he and Curl are, are both averaging about six and a half rebounds a game. He's their best defensive player, and he's their best scorer. So that's a lot to lose. It is. And and, and in the case of uh, Sky Clark, he had not played well. In, the, in fact, he missed the game before last and, and did not start the last game. So, um, you know, he uh, he had not contributed that much of late anyway. I, 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 was, I think that what we were seeing was 
And this is what I heard yesterday. And by the way, what I heard yesterday is superseded by a whole lot of things that happened since. But I, I was told that he was going to be benched. And then I was told that he was going to leave the team. Well, he did leave the team, and I'm sure he was going to be benched. I mean, I was when I say benched, he wouldn't be in the starting lineup. He would have played, but he wouldn't have been in the starting lineup. And um, I guess that's an assumption I'm making because that seemed to be the way they were headed. Right. Let's uh, go to the phones. And Mark in Jacksonville, Florida, has been hanging on. Hey, Mark. Hi. Um, yeah, I want to comment about several players and sort of the team as a whole. First of all, they're on Sky Clark bench. Uh, that that really makes me wonder. Bench for what? There was there some? I'm wondering if there was some kind of conduct issue because usually don't get benched just because you're hurt. Um, but I think the biggest problem with him has been his role. They, they're not using him as a point guard, and um, he's using more Coleman Hawkins in the point guard, which I hate because uh, he turns it over constantly. He's got the lowest basketball IQ on the team, and they're having him run the show when it should have been Sky Clark. That's my opinion, but I think if you watch the team, that's you know it's hard not to see that. Uh, the other thing I want to comment on is Dane Danger, who I think is their best pro prospect. Uh, I love that kid, and I think he's got a high basketball IQ, and I know everybody's going to throw up his poor free throw shooting to me is why he can't play more. I think it's his conditioning, which I blame him for, but I think well, well before, let me stop you right there before I know you can go okay. uh, ask other questions uh, right. later. But how can you say that Danger is a pro prospect when, when Kofi Coburn wasn't? I mean, he is because clearly not as effective as Kofi was. I think he could be if they were playing through him like they played through Kofi. Well, they play they, through him when, he, when he's in the game. They play through him. No, they don't get him the ball near as much, Lauren. Come on. Uh, the kid's got way better feet. He's got way better hands. He's got a better basketball IQ. Oh, man. He can guard in that. You're basketball. talking about a first-team All-American, a first-five college All-American, Kofi Coburn. You're telling me the danger's better in all those areas? I'm I mean, what are you watching? Pro prospect. I'm telling you he's a better pro prospect. I believe after another year he could be a first-round draft pick. If you put, we'll danger, up against, wrong, if you put danger up against Kofi and play him against each other, Kofi's going to dominate him. I know he will on the, well, on the block, but he's, that doesn't make him a better pro prospect. He, there's a lot of things he can't do in the way that the pros play. We've talked about this a hundred times, like why there are so many of the big guys from college don't translate to pros. Well, Danger certainly but does want, not translate to the pros. Well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, um, All right. The other thing I, I want to comment on is his free throw shooting. As I watch it, and of course I'm watching it from a million miles away on TV, um, what he, he looks like he's got good form. He looks like he's got good touch. If you watch him shoot around 12 feet or in, he, he's got decent touch. He does. What it looks like to me is his, his release. The ball comes out of the backside of his hand when he throws those bricks up, when he shoots those bricks. And when it comes off his fingertips, especially his, like his middle finger, you know, when you're releasing the ball, it goes in. I don't know why they can't fix his release. Well, they work with him all the time. I don't know either. But those are my opinions about this basketball team. I, I wish they would take the ball out of Coleman Hawkins' hands 
because I think that's killing their half-court offense. Well, I, I think you can't take it out of anybody. Everybody contributes. I mean, every I guess. I mean, all five players are going to touch the ball. When they start moving it around, they – I mean, uh, he's at least trying to penetrate. He's at least trying to accomplish something. Uh, Clark is not getting any assists. Epps is not getting any assists. Melendez is not getting any assists. There's the only guy that's the only two people that are that are contributing to the offense are Shannon and Coleman Hawkins in terms of setting up their teammates or at least attempting to set up their teammates. And you're right about the assist uh, uh, turnover ratio. It's not good for. Uh, Coleman, he makes too many bad passes, but by the same token, he's had, let's see, in the last five games, he's had uh, 15 assists, and that's more than, I think, more than anybody. He's got 51 assists on the uh, on the season. That leads. Mm-hmm. He's also leads in turnovers with 44. Yeah. What I don't like about him is he dribbles into the center of the court, the center of the half court, with his back to the basket. He picks the ball up. He's in no-threat position instead of triple-threat position. And that's where he turns it over like. gets himself in trouble because he's got his back to his man and back to the basket. He can't see what's happening around him. I, you know, I've seen it all year long. Okay, Mark, we appreciate you taking time to call. Thank you. All right, thank you. Let's go to Alan in Montrose. Good morning, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, I saw that uh, Luke Goody's got his boot off. Is he practicing? He's practicing. I saw a tweet from uh, Goody saying that by mid-January he thought he would be back. And he says he's ready to go. Mid-January is only a week away. I understand that. So, yeah. that uh, okay. That's not an official timetable, but that uh, that was him saying it, so I'm, I'm guessing he knows. Well, when he does play, he's not going to play very much for a while. Well, he's um, not going to be. He's not. Uh, you know, I, I I agree. They miss Luke Goody and the potential of Luke Luke Goody, but it's not like you're bringing a twenty point scorer back in. He he averaged two points oh. a game last year. No, I agree, but he may be our best shooter. We don't well, know that. Well, that's that's probably right. Uh, are they going to use Perrin this year or not? Yes. What's your guess? Yes, yes they are. Okay. What's okay. your thinking of that? I mean, will well, he help we, us much? We'd like to see him play and find out how good he is. I guess that's what we want to know. I don't know yeah. how any of us could know that. He hasn't played this season at all, and uh, he was a good player in France. We know that. So we hope that he would be a good He's He's a seven-footer. He's listed as 6'10", but they measured him. He's seven feet now, and he's – he can. He doesn't weigh enough. He's probably around 220, you know. But he'll, he'll, um, he'll be a guy that if if you're going to go with danger at center, which I I think they're going to do now, uh, then you could have you would have him as backup because danger's not going to play more than 25 minutes, I don't think, and uh, then you'd have him to uh, to fill in there as a natural center as opposed to going with Coleman Hawkins who. Uh, the caller mentioned that Coleman Hawkins uh, is a playmate. He's also been a center for, on the team, at least jumping center right. in the early uh, early games. I mean, practically all the games, as a matter of fact. Danger's just recently moved into the starting lineup. Is he a reliable shooter from outside? You think, Perrin? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't think 
any freshman that you bring in, any rookie that you bring in is a, is a good shooter initially. They just need time. How many guys – just think how many guys shoot better as juniors and seniors than they did as freshmen. Well, look at Kendall, Kendall Gill as a freshman. He couldn't throw it in the ocean. I know. Same it. way with uh, Darren uh, Williams. No, I mean, you could cite all these examples. Right now, I, I would guess, let's just say, take Sky Clark. I don't know where he's going to play next year. I don't know where he's going to play two years, three years from now. I bet you there's a time in his, uh, as he moves up the ladder and plays more, I bet you at some point he'll be a good shooter. And I bet you Epps will be a good shooter. But right now, it, it, he's just a very, very average shooter. He's shooting 35% on threes for the season. And that's pretty good. I mean, but he'll be a lot better, I think, someday. I guess what I was wondering if his parent is an inside-outside guy type. A little bit like Hawkins, only maybe uh, a little more accurate, maybe. Well, as a, as, a, as a sports writer here who's never seen him play one minute of any time, I, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I don't well, know. I thought maybe they had. I thought maybe they had enough highlights on him when he played for France. That well, he he was mid range. He shot mid range. I I, I can okay. see him shooting fifteen footers. I just don't know. You're asking about shooting from the arc. I don't know about that. I I doubt it, but I don't know. I'd settle for fifteen foot shot, Lauren. I really would. That's part of part of the problem we have. We don't have very many good fifteen foot shooters. We're either shooting it from outside or we're trying to drive it in. We need well, a fifteen foot shooter. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I can tell you that Adolph Rupp in his career always said that if he can get a fifteen foot jump shot, that's what he wanted. But they didn't have the three well, point line go. in those days either. And a guy that shoots that's an eighteen footer or nineteen footer figures he's made a mistake because he'd take another step back and you get an extra point. Well, look where Dave Downey used to shoot. He used to shoot that all the time. Fifteen, yeah, eight, 15 that's right. eight foot shot. Before the before the uh, three point line, that th- that was the game before the three point line. Right. Absolutely. Nick Weatherspoon was really good at that. That's right. How about Rick Melt? Well, he yeah. was he shot a little he further. A out. I know he did, but he, yeah. he got points inside too. And yeah, well, he, he had a heck of a jump shot and no three pointers. No three pointers. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, Alan. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Moving up on nine fifty. A break and back with more. We'll keep the phone line open if you'd like here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join us for Fighting Illini Basketball after Saturday Sports Talk at 1030 Illini Game Day at 1230 The Tip from State Farm Center, Illinois and Wisconsin. Nine fifty-two, and I tell our Saturday sports talk. This is Steve Kelly. Warren Tate here as well. Illinois basketball at twelve thirty. Our pregame coverage beginning at ten thirty. Following uh, this show, we're off a little bit early for that today. The uh, Illinois Wisconsin game, one of three games on the Big Ten schedule. Nebraska plays at Minnesota at eleven. Wisconsin Illinois at twelve thirty. Michigan and Michigan State. At one thirty, who you got in that ball game? That game's at East Lansing. Who are you picking in that one? I go with Tom Izzo over Joan Howard just about <laughs> any day. By the way, uh, we've got a we've got some coaches that are really acting uh, acting up on. The, uh, of course, Howard has we know, and uh, 
that McCaffrey thing with Indiana the other day, and and how did how did Iowa come back and win that game? They were what twenty points down, twenty one down, twenty one down. You you were surprised to hear that they won yeah, that. I, I I quit watching, <laughs> but it was it was the first it was the beginning of the and you know I had other games to watch. I was watching the women yeah. play, yeah, and they had a really good game, and I was watching Ohio State and Purdue. And I didn't go back to Indiana, Iowa, and I somewhere in my brain I just thought, well, it looked like Indiana was going to win. I didn't go back to it either, and, but I did look at the score uh, later in the evening and saw that they came back to win. But you're right, the coaches are getting a little wound up, some of not all of them. Yeah, well, that was a, that was a bad one between uh, Indiana and Iowa with McCaffrey uh, going over the midcourt line, I guess, to go after an assistant coach for Indiana. Is that what it was? Yeah, somebody said that uh, the Iowa assistant coaches need uh, hazard duty pay to, oh, for to holding hold him, him back. back. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe he's got a designated uh, holdback guy that uh, goes after him each time. I've got a text here that said, with the horses that Illinois has and the depth, which I would question on both of those, but the uh, texter says, why isn't Illinois pressing after every basket that will lead to turnovers and wear teams down? I don't think they have that much depth to do that after every basket. Well, the problem with Illinois has been, over the last couple of years, the first of all, they thought they had the the, the uh, point guard of the future in Cabello, and that kind of faltered. And so then they went with freshmen this year when they might have taken a different route and gone with a veteran player who was only going to be here one year. And they 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 they, they settled on the idea of going with the freshman because I think they felt like Sky Clark could could be that guy. Now Sky Clark, in, in all fairness, was coming off. A serious knee surgery, mm-hmm. and there was there was talk uh, two months before the season, a month before the season. Would he be ready? Would he be the same guy? And I don't know who the the guy was that they saw before, but it's not the guy that they have now in terms of his mobility and quickness and uh, ability to break down defensive uh, uh, opponents with his dribble. And if you have a point guard who can't do that, then that then you're going not going to be very successful normally. It's a the the game of college basketball. When we get into the tournament, how many times do we say, "Oh boy, it's, the guards are winning the games," and the guards win the games. And if you don't have good guards, you got a problem. You know, I think another thing that might contribute to uh, his case, as far as anxiety goes, if that's uh, part of the issue, and apparently it is, is he's got. People, family, friends, hangers-on, whatever, telling him all along that he's a one-and-done guy. That's right. He came in as a one-and-done yeah. in his mind. Yeah. Or at least in his parents' mind. Right. And we had the same problem with Griffin. And they keep telling there. you're a one-and-done, and, done and mm-hmm. that's got to eat on you for a while. Griffin was, was a one-and-done here. Then he went to Syracuse, and he wound up getting benched. By mm-hmm. the end of the season, he was benched. And now he's playing somewhere. I've lost track of where he is now. I knew a week ago, but I've forgotten now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Adam Miller, who who left mm-hmm. unhappily. You've mm-hmm. got Corbello. Yeah. Now you've got Sky, and all different kind of different but similar kind of situations. Illinois got, I'm going to guess, eight or nine players playing today in college basketball that were formerly on the Illinois basketball team. Mm-hmm. 
including Payne and, and Bosman Verdunk and yeah. you know different guys that, that have eligibility right now and are playing somewhere. But in all fairness, you could say that about a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's the world And I don't think as some of those players were good enough, uh, right. you know, in terms of, of being able to contribute the way that Underwood wanted. He's still got a full roster, and, and uh, at least it was full before today. <laughs> we have a text uh, hearing that uh, Matthew Meyer is hurt. We heard that too, but there's no confirmation on that uh, officially anyway. We'll know a little later. I was told by a very reliable source that he did go through the morning workout yeah. at uh, the State Farm Center. So we'll have to wait and see on that. 957, if you've been thinking about uh, replacing uh, your windows or doors at your home, how about a trip to the uh, Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign? Mike Mary is the man to see and his staff. They've been around a long time assisting homeowners and businesses more than 40 years, and they do it the right way. You know, there are a lot of things to consider when replacing windows or doors, things like security, comfort, convenience. The uh, Pella Window Store has many examples on the showroom floor in several styles and price ranges. Entry doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, storm doors, casement windows, all kinds of windows, sliding windows and such. You can find them at the uh, Pella Window Store, North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturday by appointment. Give them a call at uh, or check them out online. How about doing that? Uh, PellaofChampagne.com is the place to do that for the Pella Window Store in Champaign. Moving up to the uh, top of the hour, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with... The final 30 minutes, in this case, of the show after this. Stay with us. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. In this case, the second half hour, I guess it would be the third half hour instead of the second hour of uh, today's show. We're here until 1030, fighting Illini game day at that time, two hours before tip-off at the State Farm Center, number 14, Wisconsin, playing uh, the fighting Illini at 1230 over there this afternoon. Hopefully a good crowd. Not too many Saturday afternoon games on the schedule. Take advantage. You can get out there today. need more of them, don't we? We do. I I totally agree with that. Three games on the Big Ten schedule today. Four more tomorrow. Northwestern plays at Indiana tomorrow. Iowa at Rutgers. Ohio State at Maryland. And Purdue at Penn State. That could be a little tricky for the Boilermakers. They're all tricky. (laughs) No no kidding. They really are. They're all tricky. we act surprised. I mean, There's nothing surprising about hey, Wisconsin's three and zero. They just came off a game against Minnesota. I think you said they may be the worst team in the league. That was a sixty-three to sixty game. I thought Matt LaPay really hit it right when he put. He said every game that they play is close. They're used to being in close games. They expect to win close games. I mean, they beat they beat Wake Forest seventy-eight seventy-five. That's a normal score. They beat Dayton forty-three to forty-two. How do you explain that? They scored 43 points and won the game. That sounds like Wisconsin basketball there, doesn't it? 
Sure does. 43 beat, points. They beat USC 64-59, another close game. And there are three games in the Big Ten they win by 5-3-3. Three, and three. You know, that's just two one-possession games. And they've got some games coming up here. After Illinois, they play Michigan State, Indiana, and Penn State. You think every one of those games figures to go right to the wire. And I would say the game today figures to go right to the wire because it's Wisconsin. But I don't know what to expect from Illinois at all. I just don't know. Wisconsin is the 11-2 and on the season, 3-0 and in the Big Ten. Michigan has the same overall record as Illinois, and yet the Wolverines are 3-0 yeah. and in the Big Ten. Purdue, 3-1. and Rutgers, 3-1. and Northwestern, Ohio State, Michigan State at 2-1. and Penn State, 2-2. Two and two. Then uh, the teams with one or zero wins in the Big Ten are Indiana, Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, and Minnesota. Illinois is at that point right now where I'm, I'm personally not worried about the Big Ten championship anymore. I'm just worried about can they get this thing together in time to get back in the tournament again because you see this thing spiraling and, you know, they've got to, you've got to pull yourself out of it. I mean, these, these losses, Illinois hasn't had that many close games. They've been, they've been losing by clear margins. Starting with that Missouri game, that's the one that kind of opened everybody's eyes, don't you think? Yes. When they just ran Illinois off the court, and Penn State did the same thing. And and when that happens, you, you know there's something internally wrong. And they're in a position right now of trying to, to do about three different things. They're trying to, trying to figure out how to get the offense going around. I think they're going to have a danger on the post now, and I, it won't be a five-out offense, and it's not going to be a switching, all-switching defense either. So they're, they're changing both those things. And uh, we're not quite sure what the lineup is going to be, although uh, Underwood will work around and use different players during the course of the game anyway, regardless of who starts. 10.05 is the time. We welcome in our friend Brad Sturdy from the Illini Guys. Anything going on in your world these days, Brad? <laughs> no, pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty boring, right? Nothing <laughs> exciting, huh? Well, let's talk about Sky Clark. We've talked about that uh, through the first hour of the show of him stepping away at least uh, for a while from the Illinois basketball program. Did that uh, did that news surprise you in any way? Well, I mean, you knew he was struggling, you know, with some different things, um, but I think it was a surprise that, you know, he just decided to take a break from basketball and. You know, the basketball hadn't been – I think it added a stressor. I think there were other issues at, at play, but I think basketball is just an added stressor, the pressure. You know, it's – you know, in, in uh, you know college basketball at this level is a very stressful thing. It puts a lot of pressure on these kids. And, and uh, when things aren't going well, it makes it really tough. And I don't think he played as well as he wanted to. And, you know, so that's that. And it just makes everything uh, compounded. Well, and we talked, Lauren and I talked about this uh, last hour about uh, pressure from parents and and friends of supposed friends, and you're coming in and people telling you that you're a one and done. And I'm not talking about just Sky Clark uh, only, but uh, that that's got to build up on you after a while. Then you throw in the social media factor, and uh, there's a lot of things out there that are different than they than what uh, guys like us realize. Yeah, no question. It's such a different world, and you know, you you you're you're told, you know, from the time you're you know, oh, you're gonna do, you know, your goal is to play in the NBA. You're gonna be a one and done, and 
that's the plan. And, you know, obviously that, that was not going to happen the way things are going. And so it puts a lot of, then it adds to more stress and more pressure and you try and do too much and you try and I'm going to do this and I can do this. And it's really, it's really difficult sometimes for these kids. It's a tough transition enough as we know, just going to college is a tough transition. So now you throw in all the extra stuff and it, it really makes it difficult. Well, you follow the recruiting business. Um, what do you see? How do you see Illinois Underwood, and specifically changing his approach? Uh, doesn't he? Doesn't he now have to go after to try to find a, a, a real live point guard with maybe some experience? Yeah, well, I think in the portal they they need to add a uh, guard, um, a guard who can handle the ball and um, do things. I think there's no doubt that they they have to do that um, in this offseason. Um, because you just can't, you know, and, and I think, you know, Jaden Epps is going to get better, Sincere Harris is going to get better, but but you have to you have to add more pieces in that backcourt. Um, guys who can handle the ball, guys who can create for others. They really don't have a guy who who, who really makes everybody else better. Um, you know, the thought was that there would be some guys who did that, and, 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 and they don't really have that right now. So now it's a question of can they, can they find a guy in the portal maybe to help them for next year. Um, but you know, right now they got to worry about uh, today and this week and figure out how to play. They don't have a lot of depth right now, and um, so they have to kind of fight through it. And sometimes teams rally together and, and they make a run when this stuff happens. I I could see Epps being the two guard next year. I know the coaches don't feel like he is a natural point guard, but I just wonder if if uh, if they could bring a point guard in. Uh, do you do you see any any possibility that Shannon would return next year? I don't think it's likely, but there's always a possibility. I mean, you just never know. I mean, what things happen, but I think that I don't think it's very likely. I think he's he's still on you know draft radar, second round maybe, and and you know if if that's where he ends up, I think he's content with that. You know, to play professionally, I think guys just you know he'll have degrees, he'll have you know it's not going to be that issue. So. Um, I think it's very unlikely. I'm not, I would never say never, though, because in this world of college basketball recruiting and stuff, you, the, the craziest things seem to happen. Yeah, I, I think Shannon and Meyer both came here with the with at least the dream of leaving and, and going to the NFL after this year. But frankly, I don't see either one of them at that level uh, right now. I don't. I mean, I don't see them making an NBA team next year unless I see an awful lot of better play the rest of the season. Do you feel that way? Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, getting that get drafted and don't play in the NBA for a year or two. Well, that's um, right. You know, that's the, so you know you can still play in the whether it's G League, whatever it is. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of professional basketball out there too. I mean, you see guys like you know Trent Frazier's having a great run over in uh, over in Europe, and so th- this kind of stuff happens. And and I think um, you know you, you just you know you, so eventually you get tired of college, you want to move on and maybe do something and, and see what you can do. Talking to Brad Sturdy, there was also a rumor that uh, there might be an injury involved in, on top of uh, Sky Clark uh, leaving. Matthew Meyer was mentioned. I'm told this morning that he was with the team and on the court this morning during their pregame uh, workout at uh, the State Farm Center. Any update on that situation or rumor? Well, I mean, you know, I had heard it happen yesterday um, that he had injured his foot, but I had not. You know, I, I think there was some 
concern because it, it, I think it presented a lot like Luke Goody's did, you know, immediately, and that's what they. So everybody kind of went to the worst case scenario. I don't know. I don't know what happened after. They obviously had to do tests, uh, whether it's an X-ray or whatever, yesterday, and um, or MRI or whatever they had to do and, and, and check on his prognosis. But um, it sounds like he says he's going to play. I, I heard, you know, I, I was told yesterday afternoon it was a foot injury, probably going to be out. And then later last night it was, you know, I think he might be okay. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's whether he's going to be able to go or, or not. I guess we'll see when, when we uh, get a little closer to game time. Well, I, I think that the, the thing that has to happen now is that Illinois has got to find out who they are offensively and defensively and not foul. So I, I, was, I tell you, if you foul Wisconsin, they will make free throws. And if you foul them, they won't foul you. And that's a real disadvantage, as we saw against Northwestern. Yeah. What caused all that fouling at Northwestern? Are they that good? Well, I think I think they got a it's a, it's a road game. They got a tough whistle, but they le- make a lot of you know bad decisions. They're like leaving their feet on defense, and you know there, there's a there's a give and take. They blocked you know a bunch of shots, right? But they also how many times they get up in the air and then you know get a foul call. So I think there's just that decision you know that making poor decisions on the defensive end. They also fouled a few times when they got out of position because they were maybe um, going for a steal. Uh, or getting, you know, not being solid, not playing, uh, not containing. And, and then they, you know, the, the person, they get beat, and then the help has to foul, or they have to foul because they're beat um, on a backdoor cut, off the dribble, whatever it might be. So those there's a lot of things that, that play into it. But I, I think there were probably three or four fouls they didn't get, that they probably didn't foul, and they got called for, and there were probably some fouls that they drew that didn't get called, which would have made a little bit closer. But overall, Illinois just got to stop using their hands. They got to stop. You know, and you watch Wisconsin today, they're really good at not using their hands. They are position defenders. They are going to wall up inside. They're going to move their feet, um, you know, defensively and just try and stay in position. And, you know, that's where, uh, that that's why they're, you know, so good and consistently the same way year after year, no matter what players they have. Their system is, is such that it's, they're able to do that, and they don't foul. Um, they do make contact with their lower body, but they don't make f- contact with their arms, and that's where a lot of that stuff, you know, the fouls come. So um, Illinois has to do a little bit better job of that. And, and you know, they've changed defenses, um, you know, try, not switching everything, now doing some switching and some, you know, where they're, you know, you know, drop ball screen coverage or, you know, hedging, whatever it might be. But, yeah, overall, I think that they just have to be more disciplined on the defensive end. By the way, they're not. You know, Illinois is very much into this portal thing, and and uh, obviously Wisconsin is not. Although they get uh, Klesmet is from Wolford. He played two years for Wolford. He's a he's a six three junior now, and and averaging six points a game for Wisconsin. But they usually just stick with guys that are there for four years. And I I see that Jordan Davis is the brother of Johnny Davis, who uh, averaged right at twenty points a game last year. Jordan Davis is one of their starters, and. Uh, he's not quite the player that his brother is, is he? No, no, not quite. I tell you what, Johnny Davis had one of the best uh, breakout seasons uh, last year of anybody in college basketball. You know, yeah, uh, the way he the way he grew up. So, um, you know, he's not the same player. I, you know, I think Wisconsin just they have a different philosophy, and and, and you know, I'll be honest with you, it, they're they have to recruit to their system, and they're not going to get a lot of you know high high level guys. I mean. 
you probably don't want to go play in that system if you like to get up and down and you like to run the floor and do things like that. So, you know, they have to recruit a little differently and find, um, you know, skilled guys who can, you know, play solid defense and know how to pass and dribble and shoot, and uh, then they go play. And they've obviously been very successful, whether it was under Bo Ryan or Greg Gard now. Talking to Brad Sturdy, you mentioned maybe uh, getting a point guard in the portal. There is a point guard coming in next year as a freshman, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Draven Gibbs Horn. he is, uh, you know, he was at Montverde, and now he's at, uh, uh, he's in the over- OTE program, Overtime Elite, uh, Word of God, um, out of North Carolina. I think that he's, uh, you know, he's a dynamic athlete. He is so explosive. I mean, I, I, at six foot one, I, I don't know that Illinois has a guy who's that athletic, maybe Shannon type athletic. But at six one, he's he's you know he won a dunk contest down in Hawaii in in December. So um, he's he's very much very athletic. Um, he can shoot it. He can uh, you know he handles the ball well. I, I think that you know is he a guy who distributes the ball extremely well? I don't know. He's more probably more of a lead guard than a, than a true point. So you know we'll see how that develops. And, and you know maybe he is the guy. But I, I think also they they need a veteran guy too to go with them because as we've seen this year, you know when you have this many freshmen that you're relying on, it really makes it hard uh, to, to to win, uh, you know, or to be consistently good, I guess, is the, is the phrase, because freshmen are going to be very up and down. Where do you see Ty Rogers going from here? Well, I think with Ty, it's confidence right now. He just, he's struggling. And, and you know, he's in that situation where, so he comes in a game and he, he you know, he blows one assignment. Well, when you're only playing like when you're coming off the bench, you blow that first assignment. I think zero night against Northwestern immediately, you know, got hooked on a on a screen and gave up a three, and and those are the kind of things. Well, you, you got to kind of get gain confidence uh, in your your coach has to have confidence in you. You got to gain that. They, they got to trust that you can do those things. And right now he's struggling with that aspect, and he's also so that's caused his own confidence to go down. So. Right now, he just needs to get confident and play the way he can play because he's a very talented kid. I mean, he's a kid who can, you know, plays with great effort. He's a great rebounder. He's actually a very good passer. Uh, but you know, right now we haven't seen a lot of that because it just everything's kind of he's kind of playing a little fast right now. And when the game slows down for him, he's going to end up being a really good player. I, I think we just gotta sometimes uh, freshmen have those those growing pains. Well, I, I, I'm anxious to see what happens today because I don't know if there's any underlying problems that were kind of expressed earlier by uh, Matthew Meyer and as whether this team is, is actually all on the same page together. I, I think they are, but there's just enough questions, you know, with – with uh, with Sky Clark leaving the team and all, it, it just it, it creates a an uncertainty that that I feel about it, and I think that 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 feeling is 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 throughout the fan base right now, don't you? Oh, there's no question. A lot of uneasiness. Uh, you know, feeling. I, I think there's like almost like this uh, the edge of like it's like the edge of doom here, where we're thinking that you know it could just go spiral and go south, and this team doesn't make the tournament. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, and so forth. But at the same time, there's also, it could be some optimistic viewpoints where you look at and say, hey, every every team's going to have times when they're not playing very well. I mean, I think that's a normal situation in college basketball. 
and right now that's Illinois. And so if they can right the ship, they get a win today, I think they start feeling a lot better about themselves, and it helps them moving on, you know, the next game and the next game and so forth and so on. Too soon to jump off the ledge. The ledge will still be there later, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, hey, you know, in three weeks, if we're still having the same conversation, then then maybe we can jump. But uh, right now, I'd let it play out a little bit and see what happens. Let's uh, talk real quick about uh, Shauna Green's uh, women's team and uh, the start they're off to fourteen and two on the year now, four and one in the Big Ten and on the road against an undefeated third-ranked Ohio State team uh, tomorrow. What a great start! Historic start. Yeah, best start in program history. They, they've done a fantastic job when you think about it. Obviously, they've added, you know, some really nice players, Genesis Bryan and Makaira Cook and Bryn Shoup Hill in the portal. But they, they've taken the the people that were, you know, here from a year ago, you know, Adalia McKenzie and, you know, uh, Kendall Bostic, namely those two, and, and then some other girls, Odin and Peoples. But they've they've just meshed them together with these girls. They've added in some of the freshmen and, and they're trying to, you know, build this program. They don't have a lot of depth right now, but, man, they have done a fantastic job. These kids are all bought in. They're all playing, you know, the, the, their, their philosophy, the one way, you know, one way to do things. And, and they're just all playing for each other, and, and it's really fun to watch them. And, boy, and you watch the – they shoot it really well from three. It's like the opposite of the men's team. They get an open three, they make it. The men's team is just – they get an open three, and they just can't seem to knock it down. So – Sometimes it's just that confidence factor where you just feel good, and they feel good about the way they're playing, and it's it's uh, it's really been fun to watch. And they've handled some adversity, um, you know, and they've been able to come through it. And you know, Sunday's going to be really tough at Ohio State. Ohio State's really good, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't really I have confidence that they're going to compete. And when you compete, you got a chance to win at the end. We saw that in Indiana; they had a chance to win that game as well. Well, you know uh, the. The problem that they have right now, and they don't have a solution for it, is that they can't seem to stop opposing centers from basically right. getting layups on them. And they have to score a lot of points, which they're doing tremendously well uh, in scoring. But they have to; they need a lot of threes and a lot of baskets to uh, to win because they, you know they they won the they win ninety to eighty six one game, and, and I forget the score of the other. <laughs> it was about the same, you know, not quite ninety, but in the eighties. And that's an awful lot of points to be required every game because you're giving up so many doggone layups. Yeah, and you know, Shauna Green, that's their philosophy is the is the defensive philosophy. They when she was, uh, you know, before she came to Illinois, they were always um, in the tops, you know, uh, in the nation in defensive field goal percentage and things like that. Well, it's been a struggle this year, but yet they're still able to be fourteen and two. So that's really impressive. They're gonna, you know, we talk about the portal or whatever. They're gonna need to add uh, uh, somebody big or uh, who can really defend in there and or score and score in the post and, and a true post player because they're playing a lot of people. With sometimes it's Kendall Bostic playing five, sometimes it's Bryn Hill and you know, and so when they're 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 undersized a little bit for the center position mm-hmm. in women's basketball, so they just have to if they have to battle through it. But as you see, if they add a impact big, I mean, this team could be really really good next year. Hey, Brad, appreciate your time. We'll see you soon. Hey, thanks. We'll see you in a little bit. Yep. Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com at 1022. We've got three or four minutes left here before we turn it over to Scott Beatty and the game day pregame crew as we head towards tip-off today. How about that couple other notes? How about the Illini wrestling team last night against number two Iowa on the road 
19 to 19 going into the final match. Yeah, they lost a heavyweight match and lost the match as a result. But just imagine uh, it, to, to play Iowa that close when I was one of the best in the country. Um, that's an amazing performance. I, I thought I was really uplifted when I read that. I, in fact, I went over the whole thing just to yeah. see what happened, and they had a lot of good winners in that match. Turned out to be 25 to 19 in the final there, but a good start on the first dual match for the Illini wrestling team. Some other notes, um, Isaiah Adams, offensive lineman, announced yesterday he is staying, and we expect another announcement today. Yeah, I expect Isaiah Williams to announce today, or maybe or, that he's going to come back, and and we're just waiting on Newton and Randolph. They're, yep. they're, they're keeping us waiting, and we don't know what's going to happen there, and maybe they don't know, maybe they haven't decided, I don't know. What's going on in Ann Arbor? What's, what's Harbor, uh, Harbaugh going to end up doing? Well... It sounds like he's going to stay, but the NFL season is not over yet. So until it is over, I don't think we'll know fully. Uh, but I, I, I can't. Harbaugh is unpredictable, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, it, I would think that the NFL still very much appeals to him. Well, I don't think anybody likes the NIL. Yes, and the and now they're being investigated. Huh? Now they're being investigated. Well, yeah, that's a minor thing. I I I know there's one serious. uh, I mean, he's they're in violation, but these days that's minor compared to all the cheating that goes on. The cheating is just rampant. It's like everybody does it. But like you said, uh, the NIL and the transfer portal and all that stuff these days. I see why coaches are looking uh, at a different direction or maybe retiring altogether. If, if how you could possibly penalize a school for giving away a real small amount of money illegally when they're giving away millions in salaries to the football players is beyond me. <laughs> I mean, they're giving, let's face it, everybody's giving away millions. Everybody that's going to compete is giving away millions of dollars in order to have a football team next year, just to keep the guys you got on your team and and add the new players that you want to recruit. One other note uh, regarding Illinois football recruiting: Malik Elzey, a yeah. wide receiver who was at who had committed to Cincinnati, yeah. um, is expected to make his announcement today. Yeah, he uh, supposedly signed with Illinois weeks ago. And is going to announce today he wanted to wait until the All-American game, which he's involved in. But uh, I think they definitely expect to get him as a receiver, which would be a replacement for Hightower, although you're, you're replacing a senior uh, who would have been a fifth-year senior with a freshman. And that's not, you know, that's not a real replacement. It, take, it takes longer than that to develop as a receiver. That All-Star game that he's playing in is today, so some word on that coming along. That's going to take care of uh, an abbreviated edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. For Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks to Dave Leak. Illini Game Day is up next. Stay with us. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online. PellaofChampagne.com